Everyone, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Oh boy, it is the holiday season. Uh, People are visiting. If you're visiting and you want something fun to do, guess what? The Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium is your place to go. And you can buy one, get one after 5.30 p.m. simply by mentioning this podcast, Andy. That's two for twenty dollars. That's an amazing deal. What a what a fun afternoon where you don't have to talk to your uh, family Ugh. for any length of time. You what can a all dream! Just, or or it just gives you stuff to talk about. You just you know you go. Uh, yeah, look at that hey. skull with the the giant thing on it. Wow, you believe it? No. Well, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, we, how about uh, this? You believe this? This one, I believe. All right, <laughs> that's the fun of the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California, at Hollywood and Highland. Tell them Matt and Andy sent you. 241 after 5:30 p.m. Here's the show. Podcast the final frontier these are the conversations of the friendship matt myra and andrew secunda their continuing mission to seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations to boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before Everyone, welcome again to the number one podcast that talks about Star Trek that is hosted by Matt and Andy. That's I'm us. Matt. Oh, uh, I, I stepped on. It's you. okay. I'm still Matt, and I'm still Andy. There you go. So good to talk to you all again. Um, feels like it's been a while, not for you guys, but for us. Well, actually, for you guys because uh, we were off last week giving thanks. That's right. Oh, this is going to be the one where we come back. I'm all Correct. confused. <laughs> Uh, happy Thanksgiving in retrospect. Mazel turkey. <laughs> nice. Is that original? <laughs> it, it is now. Oh my gosh. That's brandable right uh, there, buddy. Oh, quick. Someone make a bland turkey. We'll call it mazel turkey. That's not fair. It sure is. <laughs> um, yeah. I uh, hope you all had a wonderful holiday. I hope uh, you all gave thanks. And I hope you maybe watched some Star Trek over the over your over your off days. What are you thankful for, Matt? Uh, a lot. I'm thankful for um, my life uh, outside of uh, the hours where I'm not having my life. Uh huh. Sure. I agree. The end. <laughs> I mean, that's. It's, I'm pretty much encompassing everything. There's. Well, okay. Yeah. You don't want to get into any specifics. I'm very thankful for Andy Secunda. That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> Can you believe it? No. What about the baby? Of course. All right. That's well, that should that, be number that's, one. That's put into the list. Or is it category. jinxing it to th- give thanks for it already? <laughs> I'm giving yeah. thanks for where we're at so far. Yeah, yeah, that's that? fair. That's, that's fair. reasonable. Um, so, uh, for those of you who haven't heard, the baby's name is going to be Lieutenant Commander Data Myra. Oh, there you nice. go. Wow. Yeah. You really <laughs> slipped that by door. That, that really. I was like, this has nothing to do with Star Trek. <laughs> you won a war real fast there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was never. She already happen. agreed. <laughs> 
Lieutenant Commander is his first name. Her, her, his first name. It's a hey, and uh, it's Lieutenant Commander. Yeah, it's the first name. Nice. So if he does enter the service of some kind, yeah, he Lieutenant, might be Lieutenant Commander. Commander, Lieutenant Commander, Ensign Lieutenant Commander, get over here. Oh, I guess it would. It would yeah, be say Ensign Data. Myra, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they say Myra. Yeah. yeah. My last name's not Data. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I wonder why he didn't give Data a last name. Well, I guess it's Soong, right? He should have done is that. It? They should have had one episode where he was like, "I'm going to take a last name." Yeah, that would have been a good one. And then he goes around <laughs> trying to see if ever, uh, what's yeah, what's yeah. your last name yeah. and what's your last name. <laughs> hey, what's your last name again, uh, Captain Picard? <laughs> um, Data. It's Picard. Oh, mine's sung now. <laughs> Gotta go, guys. I know you're just staff writers. We're letting you go. <laughs> This is the worst pitch for an episode. Well, think of all the possibilities. Every act break could be, will they tell him their last name? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Look, I think it's just as valid a story as the one we're about to watch. Anyway. This episode, The Lost. Yeah. Episode 10 of the fourth season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Would you have them watch this episode? I would say it is... If you're if you're watching Star Trek and you're into Star Trek, watch this episode. <laughs> Interesting. If you are like only Can sort you of say into that Star about Trek, every episode. No, I mean, if you're only sort of into Star Trek, it's skippable. But uh-huh. you know, I think there's some decent stuff in here. It's gonna be interesting. Bad stuff too. We did a different thing where we wrote down our uh, on the suggestion of someone whose name <laughs> I cannot find in the emails. Or on tweets. So if you want to... Yeah, you know who you are. You suggested that Andy me and again, I... Write, I'll give you credit. Write down our results before the... Um, like when we finish watching optimally. Yeah. Um, it's going to be great. Our, our Andy's rating. And then see if our Andy's rating changes as we as we uh, hammer it out with each other. I'm excited to find out if our ratings do change. I feel like if anything... I feel like mine is certainly... There's room. Yeah. There's room for change. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll be curious myself. Andy, I'm very excited about this. Me too. Why don't we uh, fire up the rest of the show here? Very good. And uh, hop on into uh, everyone's favorite uh, place. That isn't the President's <laughs> Circle. It's our, it's our, their second favorite place. Everyone's second favorite <laughs> I know, place. I guess some people, that's, you know, it's like a dive bar. You know, some people like one place, some people like other places. Well, let's dive on into this bar. It's the Admiral's Club, everybody. Go to iTunes. Matt, how do I get into the Admiral's Club? Well, you head over to Apple Podcasts, and you leave a five-star review, and you're inducted. Uh, it's not a ton. There's not a ton of pomp and circumstance, but uh, you could be selected to have your review read right now. Andy, what's the first one? The first one's from Eric the Red. Ooh. Um, R-E-A-D. He is a um, Viking. And uh, Eric the Reed. Eric the Reed, perhaps? Um, <laughs> and he says, Ah, yes, Star Trek TNC, the show with more jingles and sound effects than actual content. Download and listen for all the Star Wars critique you'll ever need. That's true. Kind of a, an off-color review, but we he per- gave us five out of five, so we don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to keep this. Uh, this is the re- second one is very short okay. because we have uh, longer other parts of the show to do. Is that true? We sure do. Oh boy! Sorry. And uh, it just says uh, "Secunda to None" is the title. That's a great title by Michael Spousey. And he's uh, the the bulk of the uh, the review is just "duh." 
By the way, Andy, I'd listen to a podcast called Secunda to None, where you bring on friends of yours and ask them how they feel about you. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh. That would be. No, it's certainly. I would have so many. That really is, would be the easiest podcast I would ever do. Because That's I would second just, nature. Well, what yeah. about this? Well, well what, what about that? Well, what about when we had that disagreement? <laughs> what did you really think about this? <laughs> that would be great. You, saw, you know I was right, right? I'm thinking, well, I think, you know, there should be a whole series of podcasts. I mean, look, started. your name is just Since endlessly. I'm going to make this my my living. <laughs> Andy's latest dream, full-time podcasting. That is, is, uh, has disabused me. No, I've lived it. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a different uh, time, though. Can you do that now? People can do it, sure. Could I do it? If I'd have to, it takes some effort to get back to a point where I could sustain myself on podcasts only. But would it be yeah. a number of podcasts or the type of podcast that you would do? A little bit of both. It'd be yeah, it'd be a little bit of both. But I I could do it. I think. Yeah. I think I don't know. Anyway, look, I'm living my dream right now. I write television and I talk about Star Trek with uh, nerds. Uh, one in particular. Andy's a nerd. Um, I am. I'm not even going to deny it. Uh, well, we're ready to head over to the president's circle, buddy. Well, buckle. The fuck up, everyone. It's my catchphrase. Here we go. <laughs> so majestic. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. It's really coming down in here. With the rain. <laughs> it's the weirdest quirk that you have added into the programming of this particular club. Uh-huh. Um, it's really, yeah, it's really. It's coming down. It's coming down rough. It's a heavy flow. All right. Well, uh, our uh, Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardees. I can't believe he fully got that correct. This is amazing. I wrote it down for myself this week. Oh, nice. Um, uh, and by the way, uh, if you would like to be... What's the word? Uh, apply? Uh, you wouldn't really apply. We would give it to you. Whoa, it's really coming down oh, now, Andy. Jesus. Turn that down. Oh, get, my God. I got to talk to Barkley. I got to get get a, a rain slicker or something. Um, um, so essentially, what Andy is saying is uh, if you'd like to be uh, awarded a medal, uh, you have a chance by uh, being a member of our Patreon in the President's level. That's the 1701 level where you get two podcasts a month. There uh, is a post that I will put monthly. Uh, this will be for November for subspace messages. Put your subspace messages there. It could be a question. It could be a subspace. Anything you want. A subspace message. Uh, just a, anything Anything at all. Essentially, it's equipment. It's equipment. Mm-hmm. That was uh, from Nerdist, right? Sure was. Um, put it in, and, uh, and you are, will be considered. And here's one from Beth Harrington. Lieutenant Beth Harrington, subspace message. I want to say a huge thanks to you and Matt and Andy for the podcast, your hilarious musings on TNG, and all things geek have brightened my day countless times. Thank you for giving the listeners hours upon hours of entertainment. Sincerely, Admiral Beth Harrington, even though she's also a lieutenant. So I mean, look, you, you got to be a lieutenant before you can be an admiral. And then uh, another one's for. At least she knows she's not a president. It's true. Darren Deshong. Uh, crossover question from Excellent. What size TV did you end up getting? And BTW, always get the bigger one. Uh, 75. 75 inches. Five inches bigger than mine. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, guys, let's isolate that and uh, use it for all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was my, uh, it was, uh, this is, this was, 
I don't know. Was it was it one of the things that led to uh, my split up with my wife? Possibly. Uh, I wanted the 80-inch one. She made me get the 70-inch one. It definitely the 80-inch one would have looked insane. It would have looked like the speaker in the beginning of Back to the Future. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Do I miss that extra 10 inches? <laughs> uh, Drew Parkinson. There's another one you can use. Uh, would you consider the mortality rate of the Enterprise to be standard across all of Starfleet's deep space missions? For If, for example, six months of active peacetime touring duty... Uh, the Enterprise equates to roughly six to eight episodes. This is an interesting question in and of itself. How many episodes equals how much time? It wouldn't be unusual to have a dozen security officer deaths in that span of episodes. If that rate is standard across much of Starfleet during times of peace, what type of sales pitch and or retention bonus, remember no currency in the Federation except when there is, would be used to attract people to Starfleet during times of war? The thunder is ominous. It is. Uh, well look, placed. If you want a real answer to the question, I think they'd offer some sort of benefit like um, better quarters. Oh, interesting. Just uh, stuff. Prioritizing. Uh, you get priority holodeck time in your off-duty time. Your shifts are shorter. Uh, you know, I think we can get some people in on board the security. Would route. people like the people we've come to know on the... Uh, on 1701D, uh, would they want shorter shifts? Aren't they all workaholics? Look, I'm talking about these security guys. I see. It just gives them a less of a chance that to That is die. fair. That is fair. Um, anyway, that's it. Just for the sweetening the pot, you know? I hear you. <laughs> Thanks, presidents. You guys are great. Stay tuned this month for Iron Man the Deuce. That's right. Second Iron Man oh, coming up. Oh, boy. And, oh, when are we going to release? Deuce Bigelow, the- Iron Gigolo. <laughs> oh yeah! If you if you felt a dearth of us uh, during the Thanksgiving week, uh, that's probably because you weren't a Patreon member. Because both episodes of our Patreon bonus content have gone up during Thanksgiving week. So check in over there if you want to hear Andy and I talk about the second episode of Orville uh, or the second uh, foray into the Iron Man franchise. It's a two themed week. <laughs> Patreon. Andy, the TNC Andy's Patreon. running the worst radio promotion I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, everyone, it's a two theme week. <laughs> two Face is making a stop in, but oh. not the actual Two Face, no Batman related. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm going to get us out of here. Very good. We're very wet. Sure. Hey, Button, why won't this door work? Oh, no. Is it because I got the controls wet to the bottom? It's possible. Oh, this door is going to... This is going to be a problem. There we go. Back to the old ship. Well, we got to mosey on through here, Andy, as we do every week, and uh, head for the hallway. That's through that door. I only see two more doors we have to go through. That's nice. Yeah. You could always just walk around. It's weird that you follow me most of the time. Well, I'm usually on autopilot. And that was the Admiral's Club. Captain, we are being hailed. And the hail bag is I like to route. imagine that as data. Um, they've entered the atmosphere uh-huh. of Earth. Uh-huh. And there's a hailstorm. That's what he says. <laughs> I guess that is what he would say. Captain, we're being hailed. Seems like a good who's on first I hate myself. opportunity. More than you guys could know. <laughs> That's true, independent of the joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Um, this one is <laughs> the is, biggest stump I got out of the writer's room. Yeah, I was at the whiteboard. I was writing beats out on a on the board, and then I turned you mean to story the, beats. I turned to the room, which was full. It was the full room. Okay, always intimidating. And I said, "Who?" Because <laughs> oh, they were talking about a basketball player, and Barno said. Uh, referring to the guy if he was in the NBA it's a college player and if he was in the NBA he would be the uh, second heaviest guy but have the tallest vertical leap Uh and I said if I was in the NBA I'd be the heaviest with the lowest vertical leap Uh Uh, you know good fun self-deprecating joke and then I immediately stopped and said here's a question who here hates themselves the most? And it's, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, that's tough. <laughs> I wonder where I would have, I would have really given you a run for your money if really I was in stumped, that room. Really stumped the room. It's a tough one. Anyway. Who came out on top? We sort of thought about it for a bit and then just kept going. Oh, too bad. I think we should, this is the kind of thing I suggest at work that is, is often immediately identified all write down as a terrible a secret idea. piece of paper who we like the most. I once literally wanted to do a popularity contest oh, at work. Oh, thousand percent. Just did. because I knew I wouldn't win. So I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? I'm the least popular person. That would be fascinating. <laughs> so, but uh, the people who really put their put their uh, ego in, they think they are the most popular person at work, did not want to do it. <laughs> I think it was just maybe also whatever. We don't have to get into this now, but it's just like, you know, yeah. It'd be it would hurt. It would hurt. It would wind up hurting oh, some or for. Oh, I know. It's intentionally causing car yeah, wreck. Why which would is you want to hurt was, people? I just want. I just like to see the. You know, I grew up in an environment of conflict, and I like to create it everywhere I go. That was a great opening hail. <laughs> uh, future imperfect from yeah. Darnell Smith. This is regarding that particular episode. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a good point. Hey, guys, don't you find it weird that a lonely alien wanted to trick Riker to be his companion by creating the most stressful fake scenario possible? They created a situation where Riker has a kid he doesn't remember, responsibilities not prepared for, negotiations for a treaty, and has to do it with someone he hates. Why the 16-year jump? Why not create a more normal or slightly better universe so Riker wouldn't be suspicious? Uh, it'd be like me waking up 16 years from now to find out I had a kid with Olivia Munn and being told I had to solve a migrant crisis with ACLU President Donald Trump. I'd be like, fake. <laughs> uh, I think it honestly is because his questions would not be about the current situation, which the alien species, I think, would have a harder time replicating i see it's to cover their more tracks. like a jump a jump far enough forward that his questions would be more about the 16 years he's missed and thusly the alien could fill those in with fake information that he uh Riker would have no way of knowing and were real or not i think that's valid but i think darnell's uh point uh other point and probably central point about the you know well why make it a crisis just have it be a ch- and you know most days be a chill day on the enterprise so he's well not. here's what i think yeah. i think that uh riker doesn't know from not crisis seems like they're always having some sort of situation happening i see they are the flagship of the federation i see he'd probably get real bummed out if nothing was happening i do think that this and then he wouldn't be concerned about his life you know what i mean so like you have to put him in a position where he's got to be focusing on his mission more than his life Hmm. This is sort of the Matrix argument that when they created the original Matrix and they made it a utopia, then the human brains rejected it because they yeah. couldn't handle it. I think that's valid. Thanks. Uh, I guess it. I guess it just to me his point points out 
what the another the problem I had with that episode, which is make the solution different. Everything else is awesome in it. Anyway, next one's from Michael, who writes us, Dear Matt and Andy, uh, big fan of the podcast, uh, caught up towards the end of pre-Shades of Grey hiatus and wanted to write in sure. numerous times, um, but worried about wasting your time. Imagine my surprise between yelling at Matt in my car that Barash was not the kid from RoboCop 2, that Jeremy Astor from The Bonding was mentioned again so I could point out some obscure weirdness. Great. I seem to remember... Um, I don't know if in the meantime you want to pull up... You have the digital version of Larry, Larry Nemechek's um, book, yeah, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Bring up the bonding, if you can. Okie dokie. Uh, so here's what he says. I seem to remember Larry Nemechek's first edition of The Companion having a picture of child actor Gabriel Damon in the entry for the bonding with a caption that mentions the cast and crew of TNG not getting along with him. It seemed really out of place, especially since Nemechek's production summary doesn't mention any production trouble. I always overassumed there were, were there was legal friction during the publication of the book that necessitated removal of the conflict between the TNG cast and a 13-year-old kid. That's I can't imagine that that's a thing that would ever happen. That, that seemed, they'd have to remove it. It seems far-fetched because of that. Yes. Only to have the caption. However, it might have been like eh, this is not this is not um dignified to have this be out there that we were arguing with a 13 year old kid that might have been the reason they removed it yeah um um so only to have the caption be overlooked and included uh i brought uh, i bought a digital copy of the newest edition of the nope Companion. it's not in here is there a picture there should be there's a, just one picture of him looking sullen and does it say anything underneath it nope considers the alien posing as his late mother so there you go they removed it because um, that's what he said is that uh, in the uh, in the new version the same picture is there but with a very basic caption. The only thing I find online referring to any weirdness is a mention by Ron Moore on Memory Alpha's bonding page saying he did, was not a fan of the actor who played Jeremy Astor. <laughs> Maybe I, can, I love it. I, I can't wait to someday ask that very question. That's exactly what he said. Maybe you can ask any listeners uh, or Frakes if we ever get an Ask Frakes again. Sure. Although I feel like Frakes will be too classy to. He's very classy. Say. Oh, he'd tell us for sure. You think he would? He just you would. and I. You and I, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, at least I'll be satisfied, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for all the hours of entertainment. And in the spirit of dredging up old shit, I want to mention that I love... Oh, no. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. What are you talking Never about? Never mind. Forget it. Um, I think anyone uh, who knows this podcast can assume what that was. Uh, what that last you, part was about. Seriously, what are you talking about? I'm going to go on to this voice hail. Um, it was about the saucer section. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, here is a... Uh, we have an automatic abort button whenever the saucer <laughs> section comes up. Here's a voice hail. It's like... Um, it's like that one terrible album from the band you like, where even they don't like to talk about it, you know? Sure. <laughs> uh, we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. We're really... Well, let's talk about the new stuff. <laughs> it's like every... Uh, it's from like uh, 60... Uh, six to sixty-eight, when a George Harrison song would come up on a on a Beatles album that was very heavily influenced by his love of Indian music, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> What's the best one of that? It's probably with him without you. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, that is. It's hard to yeah. It's hard to duplicate that particular Indian you, instrument you, yeah, with you your voice. It. You did it. 
Um, yeah, that is a great one. Um, our next uh, hail is a voice hail from one of our frequent listeners and okay. callers in down under. Hey, Andy. Damien from Brisbane, Australia. I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say, look, if you ever actually do decide to come to Australia for a visit, we will welcome you greatly. Um, and, you know, just understand that when you say we should all get together and I'm in Brisbane and someone's in Melbourne, that's about that's so far. <laughs> 3,000 kilometres away, so it's not just a big trip around the corner to have a beer. I'm not but listen, I wanted to say, if you do come here, you'll be welcomed with open arms. We will think your accent's adorable. You'll be uh, entertaining everyone by like speaking naturally. But if you start walking around going, Well, good day, I'm Andy Sakunda from Australia. Good impression. Throw another Romulan on the deflector. <laughs> You're going to get kicked in the nuts. The, the Aussie accent, mate, you just you can't get it. Perhaps a visit to. Andrew Secundo's School of Specific Accent. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Your Aussie accent is just shit. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Valid point. He's right, Damien. I loved it. That was and, a great voice. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, as I said, uh, I think on the face group, I'm open to our, uh, to our, Aussie, uh, our Aussie crew correcting my accent. But... Uh, but I'm going to continue it because this shit. Oh, God. You can't a, even do it. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a, uh, I got a, I got a page open. Oh, this, boy. this. Uh, He's just going to say Vegemite. Here it comes. Darrow? A dag? He's a funny person. <laughs> oh, that's because of the Australian's love of David Allen Greer. Uh, has a fair dinkum accent. That was a fucking great joke, and I'm sad Andy doesn't listen to me. Uh, I listen to some things. Do you want to go back for it? <laughs> you said Dag, which yeah. is a funny person, and I said that's just because Australia loves David Allen Greer, I, I, who is known as Dag. Remember known. the TV show he had called Dag? I know. Someone at home laughed. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put it together in my head. Now I've inflicted both my accent and his jokes on you, so I, now I do apologize to all of Australia. <laughs> all right. What's next, Andy? The next one is from Jerry Canavan. Who writes us, incoming hail, Wesley leaving, good or bad? Fan of the pod uh, and lieutenant in good standing on the Patreon. This thank may you, sir. be, thank you, sir, for your support. This may be uh, more of a question for Matt, um, but I'm curious how Wesley leaving the show fits into your evaluation of the series as a whole. Obviously, there were problems uh, with the way Will was treated, and the series never quite knew what to do with the character, but the series has a lot. Uh, lays a lot of runway for Wesley with very little payoff or closure. Wes- Wesley's later episodes on the series, especially first Don't dude, spoil it for him. I know. Makes very little sense. His culmination of an arc begun at Farpoint. Now he's left a bad taste in my mouth. What would you have done with De- Wesley if he had a rewrite on this mess? So is he asking for future stuff? Or is he asking for up till now? He's asking for future stuff. This is really not a question you can answer yet, Andy. Sorry, but I'll Jerry. help you out here. Yeah. Do you feel like it's satisfying? I'm, I, you know, I miss Will on the show. I like, I like the character Wesley Crusher mostly because I like having a fucking named character helmsman, right? Not someone that's swapped out all the time. So from and this point until he comes back, they don't get a. There's no standard helmsman. That is a shame. It's annoying and it's weird. It's like it's so set up. It's it's like the you know it's like the bar and cheers and everybody's sitting in view. You know, it's yes. like somebody sitting where Norm sits yeah. or where Cliff sits more accurately. Or Norm, I guess either. Sure. <laughs> 
mean, Norm's the anchor. I mean, he sits on that corner every time. So is he ops or is he uh, help? <sighs> don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta think about that one, buddy. That's that's a question built for you. No. Anyway, long story, uh, long question, answer short. I do miss him because uh, because of that. I like having the personality of that person who's driving the ship there. You know. Yeah, me too. It's like having uh, you know Sulu and Chekhov, or so totally such a pair. You yeah. know, just shooting each other looks about whatever's going yeah. on, and yeah, um, agreed. And by the way, Jerry Canavan, associate professor of twenty twentieth and twenty first century literature at Marquette University. Nice. Um, Boy, you're too smart to be listening to this. So true. Uh, and then uh, we just had a little uh, uh, note from Josh Bald. Um, does uh, the FacePod podcast, which is about the Face Group. <laughs> I can't help but giggle at that every time I talk about it. Um, the Face Group is our Facebook uh, group. Uh, and he says, Andy and Matt, if you're willing to on air, let's give a hearty congratulations to my friend Tara and her husband Sean on the birth of their first child. Uh, Tara's an avid TNC and excellent adventure listener. Well, Tara, thank you. And she's the person responsible for getting me into TNC. Slash congratulations. Please do not blame her for my behaviors. I do blame you a little bit, Tara. Mazel tov, Tara and Sean. And I hope little Secundus is healthy and happy and uh, lives along and prospers. Well... Most of that was well said. <laughs> um, Congratulations. All right. Now we've got a little bit of a prime corrective. Jesus. Sorry. I told you it was a long one. I once limited Andy to a number of hails, and he agreed. But we're over that now. Amy Senders writes us, Hey, Andy, uh, Matt's attempt to fix the Klingon blood problem was pretty good, but unfortunately science doesn't uh, support his premise. The color of blood is not affected by oxygen. It's, it's a, not? It's a super common belief. It is. Um, but blood is only ever red or dark red, depending on how much oxygen is within it. It doesn't change on being exposed to air. Oh, fascinating. I didn't know that. I do still think it could uh, just be explained by different Klingons having different blood, especially with things like the white skin Klingon in Disco. Mm-hmm. Perhaps blood could also be uh, a way Klingons vary. Having a huge variety of physical changes within one group also helps explain how Klingons... Uh, how often Klingons change uh, appearance across the different series. You know, that is an interesting thing, too, of, like, the fact that you could also explain it between the fact that the alien race that they are, they are go- they experience physical changes Yeah, they more evolve often than- fast. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and thank you for that corrective, because, yeah, I love it. I didn't know that. That was a good corrective. It's a great one. Um, I was also going to say something else about the Klingons uh, off of her email... Hang on, my brain's going. Laurel was mentioned. Klingon's changing. Uh, I've forgotten it. Move on. Well, that is the close of our hailbag. Oh, thanks, guys. Frequencies closed, sir. You know, the only thing I love more than doing this podcast is ending the hails. I know. <laughs> I know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I seriously appreciate everybody that writes in, and I, I, I do genuinely. It's okay. like because you have I listen to podcasts sometimes that solely rely on user questions, and some weeks they don't have a ton, and the episode's like thirty five minutes, and I feel bad for the podcast. 
Um, FYI, we said it before, but we are now sort of trying to get ahead to handle our increasingly intense schedules. But we're not, we're not ahead by the point you hear this. No, we're, now we're, we're not. not. We're, we'll try to get we back We were ahead. ahead for a couple of weeks. Yeah. A couple of episodes. So it'll be a little bit more of a, uh, of a grab bag of questions from different episodes. Point is, get your questions in. And uh, we'll we'll be happy to do what we can and yeah. answer them. Uh, so, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But this is the part of the show where we talk about the show? Correct, Matt. Well, <laughs> this is... The, we talk about the day it was... Uh, the state in trial. Well, as soon as I... As well, I always mark I that. I always know. mark down the time as, like, when we start the this day in track. Oh, yes. Correct. So, when I say, like episode discussion starts here that's yeah. what that's what i'm talking Very good. uh and this one uh, happy new year december 31st 1990 this that's episode right. came out uh andy uh i know the song because you told it to me prior to uh us starting yes but why don't you tell everybody else what it is while i play it guys it's justify my love by madonna i told matt before the show i am a big madonna fan uh not a fan of this song uh, close out the year on the top of the U.S. airwaves. While in the U.K., Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter <laughs> to the Slaughter was wow. the New Year's Eve tune of choice. It was on fire when I lay down on it by Robert Fulgham. Is that, is that right? How do you say that? I don't know. I'm not looking at it. Best Fulham. Fulham. Uh, was a bestseller, and Home Alone maintained its number one box office ranking for the seventh consecutive week. Why wouldn't it? Grandmaster Gary Kasparov successfully defends his world champion title against fellow Russian Anatoly Karpov. Uh, oh, I know both those names in chess. Stephen Baldwin and Shannon Doherty co-hosted ABC's <laughs> New Year's Rock and Eve with its longtime host Dick Clark. Uh, musical guests include Boys to Men, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and the Fresh Prince, Vanessa Williams, Barry Manilow. Um, what a mix. Yeah. Retailers reported Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were the highest selling toy line for 1990. Mm-hmm. And Time Magazine's cover featured an early depiction of Bart Simpson with the caption, The Best in 90. Yes, Bart, even you made the list. Way to go, Bart. Oh, that's the, that's the headline. Yes, that was the headline. Oh, I thought it was more editorializing from Matthew Kirk. No, that was what it said on the cover. Yes, Bart, even you made the list. Matthew, why are you talking to Bart Simpson like he's listening to the podcast? <laughs> he's a special relationship <laughs> with Bart Simpson. <laughs> All right, Andy. Let me fade out the song that was very repetitive, yet number one. Uh, this is The Loss. It's uh, start date 44356.9. Directed by Chip Chalmers. Teleplay by Hillary J. Bader uh, and Alan Alda. Sorry, that's a little <laughs> bit of my. It's a little bit of Austin coming out. Alan Alder <laughs> and Vanessa Green. Story by Alan Alda. <laughs> Is that Australian? Uh, Alan Alda. <laughs> Is that Alan Alda over there? Is that Hillary J. Bader and Alan Alda? Oh, wow, you're so much better than mine. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Green uh, was the other uh, credited writer on the teleplay, and the story, of course, was Hillary J. Bader. Uh, the Enterprise finds it cannot resume course after stopping to check out what appeared to be images uh, in its path. At the same moment, Troy discovers her empathic powers have completely disappeared. The roadblock is found to be a unique cluster of two-dimensional life forms that have caught the starship up in their wake. Meanwhile, Troy suffers denial, panic, and even anger at her friends. Uh, despite the protests of Guinan, Picard, and Riker that she still has her professional training to lean on, she resigns as ship's counselor. Then Data and Riker realize that the creatures are heading for a cosmic string that would doom the starship, and a desperate Picard turns to Troy for help. 
After trying to warn creatures of the danger, she realizes they only want to seek out the cosmic string. When Data creates a dummy string uh, to the starship's rear, the creatures are confused and stop long enough for the Enterprise to break free. Troy's powers come rushing back to her as she realizes the strength of the two-dimensional creature's feelings overwhelmed her powers. She resumes her job with renewed confidence in her abilities. Andy? Yeah? The loss. Here we go. I'm excited about this episode for a couple of reasons. Oh, interesting. I'm cold. Are you cold? Am I dying? Do you want my jacket? Is this my death? Maybe. Oh, cool. I always knew it enjoy would happen. This, enjoy this always episode, knew it would happen on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, you're never going to hear this because Andy doesn't know how to put this up. <laughs> he died as he lived, constantly podcasting. It's so sad and so true. I guess I'll have to reload the page here to get this thing to come up. Hopefully this uh, Alan Arkin, Kirk Douglas show doesn't start playing its trailer again. There we go. It's been uh, five months since Mark's accident. I haven't missed a single hour of my duties. I volunteered for extra time in the nursery. My language studies are better than they've ever been. Somebody else might have given in, but uh, I didn't. Look, I'm already on board an episode where I meet another member of the crew. A rando, if you will. I like the randos. Um, who uh, has, is going through something. And also, this is like really one of the few times so far we get to see Troy troying. Given into we, what? We see it. Yeah, we see it, but like usually it's with the crisis of the weak person. Yeah, it's not, and it's what not I like a, just about, a standard therapy yeah. session. What I like about this is that it is like a literal like, oh, this is what she did on Tuesday. Here's an interesting question. I don't know. That's really patting myself on the back before I ask it. <laughs> hey, guys, it's time for Andy's interesting question. <laughs> guys, here we go. <laughs> Get ready. I'm going to can't wait to figure out all aspects of this to make it what what is interesting about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe you know what? Uh, maybe we can give it an Andy ranking at the end. Um, it's uh, so Troy. I got to assume there are other therapists on board. Troy's not handling everybody. Seemingly, she is the only one people? is what we're really? hearing. Is that what she said? That's is what she saying? says. Yeah. Oh, wow. She doesn't have a staff, which I think is odd. Continue. That's fifteen hundred people. Is that how many? Is? I think there's like uh, twelve hundred, uh, d- like day to day. Jesus Christ! I guess a lot of people aren't maybe, in therapy. Maybe they don't need therapy in the future. It's not like as the Roddenberry much. thing. Plus, I bet you could probably find a pretty good holodeck simulation of Freud is that, to just oh, lay on the couch with. No, that would suck. Having a holodeck do your thing, do your therapy. Well, it's like having the doctor from Voyager, right? Hmm. Yeah, but does that work with? It's an, I really want to know more. It's a, this is the thing that kind of bothers me is it feels like therapy with Troy is not that much different than therapy today, or, or even in the nineties. So, um, why does that bother you? Do you think know. it should be different? Should she have like? Should they be wearing weird helmets or maybe. something? Some progression. <laughs> like, what is therapy like in the future? Well, I think it's the beauty of it is like the human mind is sort of the same. My question was going to be, and it is definitely not an interesting question now because it's been debunked before I even uh, got to it, was uh, if there are other um, therapists on board, then I assume Troy is the one that is the most sought after and therefore, you know, the ones that are the hardest to book usually can charge more in real life. How How do you determine who gets booked or who doesn't? You know, there's no money. 
I think it's just, also I wonder how many times like how many times a week she has office hours versus bridge hours. Oh yeah, she's also always on the bridge. Yeah. Crazy town. I think honestly what it is is that people need therapy less in the future. Right. They're less broken. Right. And this woman's just got a, a yeah. thing going on. I think if I stood in front of the observation lounge while we were having senior staff members were having a meeting, I'd be like, who of us is the most broken? They'd all look at me very confused. Sure. <laughs> Death is a normal I don't know. part of life. Jordy would just be Maybe in denial, though. He's got some stuff. Also, like, never to talk to Jordy in this episode about his sight not being there when they keep citing the fact that someone doesn't have sight, their se- other senses. Very grow. strange. I thought it was weird. Very you have that weird. guy at your disposal. Maybe some of us aren't facing it at all. What do you mean? Recovery from a great loss involves a great deal of pain. If we try to avoid that pain, we can make it harder on ourselves in the long run. But I feel fine. Today would have been your husband's 38th birthday. You keep excellent records, Deanna. Last night, I dreamt Mark was with me celebrating. The, uh... I was so glad that Captions spell Mark with a C. Finally over. <laughs> it's, real, it's a real extreme style choice by the... <laughs> and I knew that he was dead. For the first time, I knew it. Yeah, that's funny. Is like She turns in a decent performance, this guest actress. Yeah. But there's just still something off about it. I agree. I, 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 that's not a fair to say. That's not fair to say. I mean, I guess what I mean is like, I think I just want her uniform to be a little better. Her uniform. Yeah. Like it feels like it's not. It feels like it's one of the like many. It feels like it's one of the extra like, uniforms. They're the like, okay, bogus. you're this size. So here, put this one on. I didn't get a good. Weirdly, look. I just want her to have like a, a, a fully uh, tailored uniform. That's Round my. That's for my anything beef. that belonged to him. Anything. I do like that Troy uh, had this kept, the, the, the music box that belonged to her husband. I really thought that was very, that was a very nice. How did you know? I don't know. It seems a little intrusive <gasps> to me. <laughs> oh, I guess she threw She was going to throw it out. So. Yeah. She wanted it all taken away. And, and if Counselor Troy's like, I've seen this kind of thing before. She's going to regret this. Can I? Can we save one of the things? Here's an interesting thing. This character, this this actress is Janet Brooks, and she does not have an IMDb page. Maybe she refuses to have an IMDb page. It's very odd. She called up a man and was like, take that down. Yeah. We <laughs> want to be tracked down. And then we come out of this into, like, my favorite of, of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is um, lackadaisical non-crisis mode Enterprise Bridge staff, which is, like, my favorite way to see them. Side note about the music box. This is the second episode where it's, like, a big music box thing. For, for But the music box doesn't, like, come back again. No, but it's weird that they always pair Deanna with music boxes. <laughs> I don't think they pair her with them. She had the music box music in her head. Then she picked the music Maybe box the out of the was like, look, people's I, uh, look, Like, this is the thing that's going to be important. No, the prop department's like, look, we bought a huge, huge lot of music boxes at an auction. <laughs> so it's just a any surplus fucking, of music boxes. Anytime. Fair anytime enough. you can write it in, we'd be grateful because <laughs> i got to justify this. we got to sell this at an auction someday. Cargo River in the Himalayas. It's a wonderful program. 
Well, it would do you good to have a little fresh hollow deck air. I think my horsemanship is a little rusty for the Himalayas. But thanks anyway. Nonsense. Well, we program an appropriately docile Steve. I like. See, I like the the downbeat. Sure. I really like it. Is I it? like a day-to-day life Star Trek downbeat. It's it, it's like, hey, you know, I was just doing this program. You got to check it out. It's very good. Me too. Totally. Is it? Is there any other purpose to it, or that's it? No, it's it. Never comes back. Just I love a downbeat. it. Yeah. Indicate a vast field of. <laughs> very impatient with Worf here. Lieutenant, it's gone. But something did appear directly in our path. Deflector shield are not encountering elevated levels of interstellar matter. A sensor echo data? Uncertain. I have no unusual readings, Commander. I promise I'll come by and see you tomorrow. Deanna, are you all right? What? What? She is. She faded out there for a second. I'm amazed at how petulant she gets in this episode. Oh, no, uh-huh. no, I'm fine. Uh, um, for someone who is so understanding talk. of psychology. Aggregate field of plain polarized objects has just appeared and disappeared. <sighs> Recommend we run a diagnostic on the forward sensor array. We don't want a ghost tailing us all the way to Tlee Beta. I'm not convinced it is a ghost. There may be something there, Commander. Ensign Allenby. Full stop. Aye, sir. Like, why not keep Ensign Allenby? Just, she's uh, only in one other there to go full stop, and she does it. That's uh, like that's what I want. I want some. I want uh, consistency in my bridge crew. She's only in one other episode. She was in last week, right? Yeah, yeah. So Troy's got a massive headache here, uh, and then uh, we're back into. Oops, sorry, sorry, sorry. And by the way, this was her last acting part. Of the area, sir. She probably was like, "Oh, I won the Powerball this week." Later, <laughs> is that what happened to her? That's, no that's what I'd like to think happened. Her to name her. was Mary Conert. Good job. Good on you, Mary. Anson, prepare to resume course to Leap Beta. Hunter and Mr. Baseball. Data. What velocity would put us back on schedule? The resumption of our present course at warp six will place us in the Leap Beta system in six days, thirteen hours, forty-seven minutes. What? No seconds. I have discovered, sir, a certain level of impatience when I calculate a lengthy time interval to the nearest second. However, if you wish, no, no, minutes is fine. I that also had love that. That's another downbeat. That's amazing. That's, that's another great. like little and flair of character. Yeah, it's and it's progression. Yeah. It shows progression in the data character, and I always love when they serialize. They have little minor moments of serializing the characters. And ready at warp six, Ensign. Aye, sir. Engage. Micro engineering, Jordy, what the hell happened? Checking. Looks like the field collapsed before we could enter warp. Recommend full stop while I check it out. Back to all stop, Ensign. Aye, sir. All decks reporting. Minor injuries only, sir. Damage. None, sir. Weapons and shields normal. Go to yellow alert. I'd like to know how they get the deck report so fast. Doesn't it just pop up? Wouldn't how do you know? Like, I mean, like, is there, like, one guy there? Like, I'm the Deck 36 guy. I have to tell whoever's injured on Deck 36 to the bridge. Also, how do I know instantaneously that only a few people were hurt and it was only minor injuries? Do the communicators uh, read the vital signs? Bi- yeah, vital Maybe signs. that's it. Maybe that's it. Oh. Used to be broke, but Andy fixed it. I can't find it fast <laughs> Well, enough. that's too bad. Oh, well. We've started moving again. Something is pulling us. 
I'm not sure what happened. Lie down, breathe deeply and stay calm. I'm getting calls from all over the ship. I'll be there as quickly as I can. I like that she closed the channel. Yeah, you don't see that. You don't see it. You don't see it enough. New heading confirmed. 025 mark 273. Speed is holding at one-tenth impulse. Whatever's pulling us sure isn't in a hurry. Guard LaForge. Go ahead, Captain. Miss LaForge, if your engines are functioning, we'll attempt to break free. Well, everything down here seems normal enough, sir. But I suggest we take it a bit slower this time. Anson, bring us around 90 degrees to starboard. New course laid in at 90 degrees to starboard. One quarter impulse. Engage. Aye, sir. See, I think Ensign Allenby was supposed to be around longer. Her uniform looks like it was tailored for her. Oh, interesting. The other one, you think, it was just sort of more of a rush job. Yeah. That's a really I don't know why point. I feel like that, but I do. Even, even as a journeyman actor that I am, I don't know that I ever thought about, oh, they're not really spending that much time making this look good on me because they know I'm only going to be here for yeah. an episode. <laughs> think about it, actors. Think about it. They ask you to go to a wardrobe fitting for a while, then I you're feel like okay. Alan B did a good job. I wonder Nothing what the happened. issue was. Speed and course. Maybe she went to go do Mr. Baseball. Wasn't that that it year? Was prior to that, this was her last part. Huh. She probably again won the Powerball. Affected. One half impulse. Maybe she said on a lot of different things. I don't think Alan B would say this. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> No change. I'm just not jiving with how she responds to every order Picard gives. Why would why would why would Alan B always do what he said? Why wouldn't she sometimes go? I don't think we should, Captain. Full impulse. Get rid of her. Five degree increments. Aye, sir. All right, so they're trying to get out of there, and they're stuck pretty bad. Foggy. I'd like to take you to sick bay. Meanwhile, in Troy's quarters. Can you walk? All senior staff report to the observation lounge. Are you up to that? I think so. You were just about to take me to sick bay. Why don't you fucking tell the captain that it's time to? I have to go to sick bay with Counselor Troy. She's having some weird brain scans. I agree. I mean, look, you. again, she's the greatest doctor ever, but <laughs> I would do that a little differently. Before you go on, this this look she's given her here at this moment, and I, this is me just you know, this uh, is you spitballing playing, when you're watching mon- Monday morning quarterbacking. Oh, okay. Um, and saying, uh, you know, well, this, this is what we should. This is this is what they should have done, and it's kind of a, a bullshit move, honestly, by a writer. Nonetheless. Being that I'm not, honestly, a spoiler, happy with the rest of this episode, I thought in this moment, Troy was gonna fe- was feeling something empathic, because she's looking at, at Crusher like she's a monster here, something empathically about Crusher that was revealing she was sensing there was something malevolent inside Crusher. And I thought that would have been a great episode if she is the only person that knows that there's like some kind of alien force or something going on. I feel like that episode happens. Oh, does it? Yeah. It's hilarious. Don't worry about it. (laughs) All right. There you go. You'll get there, buddy. Nothing. Nothing. I'm fine. Because she doesn't tell her. Yeah. I think it's because at this point she thinks it'll clear itself up. Uh Uh-huh. I do like these shots of the Enterprise scooting away diagonally. Yeah, that's pretty good. No other ship is indicated. Mr. Wolf, what is your analysis? Tactical sensor readings are indeterminate. They don't even give us enough for an educated guess. And yet all of our sensors are operating properly. Can there be an intelligence at work here? Counselor, 
You sense a life form out there. No, I don't think so. No, there's nothing. Nothing. I sense nothing. It's all right, Counselor. Perhaps there's nothing out there to sense. Indeed, there are many races that are not empathically detectable. The Breen, the Ferengi. No. The <laughs> like, Data giving that information to Troy seems like, what are you doing, Data? She knows that. <laughs> he does that. He, he, I, I he know, but it's, like, but it's also like, yeah, maybe that's part of his, like, but it's funny that in the same episode where he's decided, oh, I realized it's irritating when I give extra information. But maybe that's part of his attitude right now, which works with that previous line where he's just like, well, I should learn to make people feel better around me. Uh huh. And this is him trying to do that. Could be. Maybe. Oh, but by side note, uh, the, we knew Hang that on. about. Can the I? Can I get a front note? Oh, sorry. Front front note. Yep. May I ask a question? <laughs> uh, okay. Side note: um, Do uh, do we did we know at this point that the brain or uh, that the Frankie are unreadable? Yes. Okay. And the brain or which ones? Because the Frankie, remember when they uh, kidnap um, Troy? Because they want to use her empathic abilities, but they can't read anything. Oh, right, right. Off of them, the brain. The Breen, you will see the Breen later. Don't spoil things for you. Oh, okay. Close it, close it, close it, close it, close it, close it. God damn it, Andy! Well, I thought it was a flash backward, not a flash forward. (laughs) You are so out of control with your fucking spoiler-seeking missions. I just can't help but be spo- you, spoil things for you're myself. You're like sending out a class two spoiler probe at every step of the way. <laughs> oh, that's cool. You don't understand. I don't sense anything. Not out there. Not in here. All of you. You're all blank to me. You know, Even really? <laughs> yes, you too, War. <laughs> you too, Ghost, I used to talk to. Um, her nose should be bleeding. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like for the overload thing, right. just like like a little stream of blood. Deanna, you're bleeding. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, Whatever. something. I hear you. Okay. You know, heavy, heavy on the orchestra section here. There we go. To heal itself. This condition could just reverse itself in time. It might, but you are half human. That changes the map a little. I don't want to offer. We got real bad brains. <laughs> it's just hope, Beverly, not false hope. I did like that line. What would cause something like this? Because it started at the same time that we encountered the anomaly. There may be a connection. I don't know. If you were anyone else, you know the first thing I'd do? I'd send you to Counselor Troy. Well, then I have an advantage, don't I? I see her quite often. Deanna. It's no different than one of us suddenly going blind. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel better by saying this. It's real weird. It's like us going blind. It's cool. Yeah, it's fine. It's like losing one of your major senses. <laughs> you don't have to tell me, Beverly. I understand the psychology. Ooh. You may understand Ooh. it, oh, but candy. you've never Where's had the... to live with it. Where's I the... may be perfectly the fine tomorrow. <laughs> and you may not. Now, I'll do my homework. I don't know what I'll see what, what is... I can do to regenerate this. Beverly hammering her. Meantime, I thought that was a little odd. With like sort of like letting there are her. Several people on board. Who... I, I think it's basically they're trying to get to the same thing that 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 Troy was doing in the prior scene. With, yes, uh, with the lady it. that she was in denial. Well, it's loss, and right? I think that is what the, I read. Uh, it's grieving. It's on, the seven stages right, of yeah. grief. But I don't know. It just, it's, 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 
degrees in psychology who are qualified therapists. There are several people on board who have degrees in psychology who are qualified therapists. Notice how she doesn't say, go see one of the members of your staff, another therapist. So they're just part-time therapists? They have the degree. They're doing other things. Interesting. You know, it's like you. You went to, uh, you have that degree in uh, classic literature. Right. Sure. <laughs> or you're not using when it. When do I get to use it? You're never writing classic literature. Um, okay, fine. If I need to. Right now, I just want to go back to work. Deanna. If there are no medical objections. No medical objections. Thank you, Beverly. Well? (laughs) (laughs) Just sighing and shaking his head. Uh, And then he pops in. This, and I've seen it happen to so many patients. What? The way other people change. How they start to treat you differently. They walk on eggshells around you. Sometimes they avoid you altogether. Sometimes they become overbearing, reach out a helping hand to the blind woman. I'm sorry if I... I will not be treated that way. I like this. Yeah? This monologue from her. I'm sorry. Oh, please. But then I I also enjoyed that moment. Deanna. Deanna, you know you can keep all that stuff on one pad. <laughs> Not now, Will. I think I I don't like it. What uh, don't you like about it? Because it's basically saying that Troy's like her, the constant level of confidence and compassion she shows in every other episode is just built on her knowing her what other abilities. people feel her. about her at all moments, and that when it's gone, then it's like, well, it's like know. no different than you losing your sight. I think your confidence would go down a little bit uh-huh. while you were adjusting to such a period of I time. I think it's tricky because it's not just sight. It's basically the emotional upper hand in every situation. Well, So you, it's like when you remove that... You put so much stake in emotion just in your daily life that, sure that you resent this fake character for having that upper hand. I, I, I don't resent her as long <laughs> as she deals with it in a fair and even-tempered way. But I feel like this episode reveals that She's a, a tremendous amount of her ego is I, built on knowing exactly what everyone around her is feeling. I think she's taking it harder than the character I have come to know so far in the series. I think she is taking it harder than that character would. Mm-hmm. Like I, right? I think that's I think that's what's striking me. But like, not a hundred percent harder. But I think like she's taking it like forty percent harder than the character really would. That's a lot. I do. I think I, but I think that's probably about it. Okay, that's my thought. I, uh, I mean, the scenes make sense to me. Like what's happening here of Riker coming to her—that makes sense. It makes sense. Her complaints make sense to me. Uh huh. Um. So, and I think also I think the performance is good. Yeah, all that the performances are good. The choice of him coming to her—that's fine. It's her reaction that I, I don't even say it's. It's a, it's a, you know. I think what you're saying is is reasonable that it maybe doesn't track with the with sort of what we've seen with Troy up till now. I don't even necessarily know that I feel that. I feel like it's revealing something that is disturbing about that character in a way that would affect our read on her for the rest of the series, and that's what bothers me. 
never seen you quite so scared. I'm fine. If I get better, I get better. If I don't, I'll adapt. Life goes on. But, you know, with the resolution that she comes to at the end before she gets her empathic abilities back yeah, is that she's going to be okay. She can still do what she was doing because she does learn that that is not all that she had. So I think that the character change that you're describing right now uh-huh. I think is nullified by that by the fifth act. It's just interesting when you color every scene of her being a compassionate, even-tempered person in this, the point prior to this in the series. Wouldn't you be? And then you put... What do you mean? Wouldn't you be compassionate, even-tempered if you knew what the other person was feeling all the time? But I think what they're revealing with this is if you take that away, she wouldn't necessarily be even-tempered and compassionate. Well, I think because you know she's she's dealing with the shock to her system. It's I kind think. of the thing you you some people I think have a reason that that a lot of people have problems with therapy. I think because they feel like this other person is sitting there, kind of judging them and standing on high. <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> a, a feeling basic I've thing never people, had. Uh, I, maybe you haven't, and I haven't necessarily either. But uh, I think that that is something that people why people sway away from therapy. I hear that from like uh, people in couples therapy. Yeah, there you go. But I think I think people have it. We're just not as don't come from a background where therapy is much My a part don't. of the equation. And thank God I found it. Thank God, man. Thank God I found therapy. Um, so many meds now. <laughs> what does it say here? What does what say? He oh, says uh, Deanna. I really have to finish this. I have some appointments this afternoon. Oh snap. Wait, we're still saying noon in this time period? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> hey, Worf, check this out. Noon. Very minimalist. It's the office, though, right? I mean, oh, that's is your the therapist office, right? like sure, blowing right. you away with yeah. their decor? Right. <laughs> if so, why? <laughs> why is your therapist so fancy? My therapist has a uh, has a horse head in his uh, to to his side, mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> it literally looked exactly like BoJack Horseman. And I was like, is that a sculpture of Bojack Horseman? And he went, uh, no, that's my uh, my daughter <laughs> made it 20 years ago for me. And I was like, that's weirdly prescient of Bojack Horseman. Transmissions are being received. Okay, let's see what we've got. Nothing unusual here. Same reading as the ship's sensors. I like these graphics, which must have been redone. Including Bayesian functions. Broad EM and subspace spectrum polling. Mm-mm. You no like change. this? Yeah, I do. This particular this, the, image. The, the science of it all and the whole like. Uh, oh, not the, the anthrop- image there. I do. The well, I do like that. One. You think about that graphic for. I'm just trying to figure out what that graphic looked like originally. Yeah. Because that's a pretty good graphic for 1990. What's your favorite Okudagram? What is that? What it's called? I mean, the Okudagrams are just sort of like the, um, that's sort of what I think of as like L-cars. Yeah. Well, what's your favorite L-car There isn't, there isn't, you don't there isn't one. one. Okay. I think the button design, the aesthetic is brilliant though. Okay. Of all of it. Well, practical, practicality, I don't know how you'd really know what the fuck you were hitting. <laughs> yeah. oh. There's three letters in the corner. You're like, uh. What is that? Unknown. I'm attempting to analyze motion pattern. 
Results still inconclusive. Last time I saw anything that looked like that, I was skin diving off the coral reefs at Brinkus 5. TMI. <laughs> you said you woke up a new woman this morning. That's how I feel. Tell me about her, this new woman. She's uh, not holding anything back anymore. She's not. They're not oh, sitting in I very comfortable positions for therapy. I cried for two hours. Sitting bolt upright. I realized that I had never accepted the yeah, loss of my I, husband. It is, um, I worked hard. I kept busy. Nothing in Star Trek looks comfortable. No. Nothing. Not even the captain's chair looks that comfortable. It's true. It's all like, yeah, okay, aesthetically futuristic, but otherwise. Maybe they'll decide it's better for your back. <laughs> they'll have better posture in that time period. Uh, so this is when Deanne is like, no, no, you, you're having some problems. You still haven't gotten over the loss of your husband. And she's like, no, you're wrong. And that like throws Deanna for a loop. Right. Meanwhile, we have a fun uh, science, fake science problem here. Sensors did not detect them initially. We were looking at them along their edge. There was no surface to read. I will illustrate. I don't know why he just doesn't say, like, a piece of paper. (laughs) (laughs) Where to go, Data? Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Wait Wait a minute. It was just there. It was just there. Now it's not there. Data. Riker rushes up and looks closely at the screen. Where to go? Let's get Alby in here. She's going to see this. (laughs) Data, do that thing again. (laughs) What? Oh. I'll be a life form. The movement pattern within the cluster is not a naturally occurring phenomenon in the Newtonian sense. They appear to be alive. Can you explain why they're pulling us along with them? Somehow they're able to polarize the graviton field as they move about. We're caught in the wake. How do we get out of it? The best idea for now is to try a controlled overload of the warp drive. Jump directly to warp six. The laws of a three-dimensional universe say it should work. Don't know about a two-dimensional universe, though. I love it. Picard's into it. He's like, oh, this is fascinating. I like new life. Fascinating. So many questions. Yeah. How can a two-dimensional entity have access to a three-dimensional universe? And are they aware of us? Number one, we can put off the Talib Batons. I would like to investigate this further as soon as we're free of the graviton field. It's a shame we can't tell if they're sentient. What do you mean by that? Something I would have said anyway, regardless of whether or not you were here. Uh, I gotta go. Data, don't we have that thing to do right now? <laughs> no, we well, do not, Jordy. We are. We all know we don't have anyone on board who can sense. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm doing the best that I can. No one suggested otherwise, Counselor. She really loses it here. Walks away from the captain, then just starts yelling at Beverly, and then she tries to resign. And here's something I would have liked in this resign. Accept the truth, Captain. And resign as ship's counselor. Resign? I can no longer fulfill my obligations. What other option is there? I would be like, uh, Deanna, you went to Starfleet. You're a lieutenant commander. Yeah. Get a fucking uniform on and don't leave the ship, you dum-dum. I agree. We'll put you in science division. It's fine. Not to mention the ship's in a crisis and she's like, "Mm, what about me? (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) I don't care if we're getting sucked into a cosmic string. What about me? I do like what she says to shut him down. 
I like because it, uh, it's like I don't know that she's being negative. I think she's being a realist. I've been fortunate to have access to your Betazoid abilities. Most starship captains have to be content with a human counselor. Empathic awareness is not a requirement of your position. It is for me. I'm sure that after a while you'll be able to adjust. They say when one loses a sense, the other senses become stronger to compensate. Um, a blind man develops better hearing. With uh, all due respect, Captain, you don't know what you're talking about. That is a common belief with no scientific basis. No doubt created by normal people who felt uncomfortable around the disabled. I am disabled. And I'm telling you, I cannot perform my duties. She really shuts him down here. I mean, it's like, I'm disabled. I'm just like you now. <laughs> it is, that is the it's pro- like, oh, wait. That is the problematic aspect for me with this episode. There was a teacher of mine at the academy who had been confined to a wheelchair from birth. She would... She used to be a beta. Let me finish. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> she, this exact thing happened. <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned the wheelchair first. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just let me finish. Tin, spare me the inspirational anecdotes. This is amazing. <laughs> and just accept my resignation. Trying to, trying to do the thing that they do in a... In a dramatic show, which is like, here's my thing that I'm saying that will change up. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, that's very real. It's pretty great. Um, but uh, what do you think of Worf's line here? You know, there was some, wasn't, it was prior to this. What was the episode where Riker says there's always been something aristocratic? Was it this episode? It's in this, yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Never mind. Let's hear it then. Okay. I don't know that if it's, maybe it's later. But this is just her crying and him pulling her in. And then he delivers a very funny joke. Is this how you handle all your personnel problems? Sure. You'd be surprised how far a hug goes with Geordi or Worf. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> it's a Star Trek joke. <laughs> Well, I mean, any any chance of levity in the Star Trek series is always greatly appreciated. <laughs> sure. I don't know what to do. I'm real. No, you're not. You're a projection with with no more substance to me than a character on the hollow deck. I don't believe that. You have no idea how frightening it is to to just be here without sensing you without sharing your feelings <laughs> I think this is what you're talking about yes. coming up right here correct that's it isn't it we're on equal footing now what you always had an advantage a little bit of control of every situation that must have been a very safe position to be in Will Riker to be honest, is Andy Secunda. Oh my god, I never saw it before now. I'd always thought there was something a little too aristocratic about your Betazoid heritage. As if your human side wasn't quite good enough for you. That isn't true. Isn't it? LaForge to Riker. That's Go me. Ahead, <laughs> we are ready to attempt a controlled overload jump to work. So isn't six. that 
Acknowledged. I'm on my way to the bridge. I don't know. If the show is saying that, which I think is a really fascinating point, so maybe I'm not giving it enough credit in terms of the quality of the episode, but it's an interesting thing when you reveal something about a character that's like, ugh, I don't like this part of this character, which is, like, great. It's really, it's totally organic to everything we've seen with her. Mm -hmm. Isn't that troublesome for the series? How so? I feel like they're kind of revealing that that uh, she's a little bit of a jerk here. I think she takes a certain amount of uh, solace in the fact that she can emotionally feel what people are feeling. But and I don't think that's less true. I think they're just simply pointing it out. I feel like I mean, you're softening what Riker is saying. Don't you think that would, in, don't you think that would inherently be built into the character anyway? He's saying that about all Betazoids now. Which is always how all, you know every other Betazoid that walks onto the ship acts like a big shot. That's like a yeah. fucking yeah. big shot. Why are we even talking to these verbally? Right, we yeah. should just be blah 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 blah. So of course that's all pre-built into her, right? Um, so this doesn't change anything for me about the character. This just sort of points out a thing that I always assumed, right? I I guess I felt and like it's an the reason we were supposed to like Diana and and empathize with her is what because she's an empath uh, no it's because when you set her against say Luxana, we see that she does not look down on people or at least it's presented that she does not look down on people the way that Luxana does so we're more sympathetic to her well because she only has like she doesn't have the full power of a beta z sure but i mean just even in the power she has she could be have just as much of an aristocratic perspective and Luxana does and we're told or it's implied that she doesn't and here it's kind of saying she does well she does underneath it all I think that still colors her well, that's like little... my Catholic guilt still colors me do you know what I mean yeah but your Catholic guilt it's like it would be more like if your Catholic background made you mistrust Jews doesn't it maybe Andy but you keep it to yourself you better go <laughs> oh my god my son or do you my keep son's it to gonna be Jewish too it's true ah I must not trust him uh, you know what I mean I feel like it's more like that it's like that kind of thing in the background of your personality well, I think it is the background. I think it's the personality background. For the record, that's not how I feel. Um, but uh, I think it is. I think it's just an inherent. You thing. being close to me and Dory is just your way of destroying us bit by bit, isn't it? Like Andy, you're 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 like a city boy, you know. So the way you feel about country bumpkins, yeah, is you know, it's probably like you don't on the surface you don't feel superior to them, uh-huh. but below the surface, I feel like you do. I don't think that's because true. you're a big New York shot, big shot Andy. You're like I'm, I take a bite out of the Big Apple every morning. I'm Andy Secunda. It, Where's the pizza? Our pizza's question. better than everybody's. Well, that's true. That's just it's just what, what colors you. Is your background is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, and I think that this is part of it. I think. What if you lost your taste buds? This is different. What that's... if you lost your taste buds and could no longer Jesus, taste Defaras? Freaking Dark Mirror episode that is. Uh, that would be horrible. Wouldn't you feel some effects? And you'd be like, I'd be like, you always thought you were better than me because you knew what good te- pizza tasted like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's nothing that changes you. It's just, yeah, of course. That is not a sound comparison. I think it is. Point for me. I know you all keep score. I'm ahead now. One point. I'll check in on you Can later. Dispute this. With the judges. <laughs> I'll take it to the judges. Josh Ball, Mike Mann. <laughs> Pattern within the cluster. 
You think we got their attention data? Perhaps, but just for an instant. The pattern immediately returned to its previous dynamic. Follow up on it, Mr. Data. Input your observations into the Universal Translator. Nice. Sir. I really like this scene with Guinan. Do you? Yes. Are I also like... We skipped over as she she kind of sneaks up on her, and she's never had anyone sneak up on her before. I really I, like that I, I detail. I find her reaction odd, because that's oh. how she should feel every time Data comes in. Oh, that's true. You know? Unless he does have emotions. Have they ever... She's never said flatly she no, doesn't she feel doesn't anything. No, she doesn't emotions. Yeah. Oh, she, but she's, has she ever said she it flatly? He yeah, says yeah, it. yeah. No, she's discussed how she doesn't oh, feel okay. anything from Data. Gotcha. No. Do you want to talk about it? Yes. No. Good. I get so tired of people coming in with their problems. They come in, they want a shoulder to cry on, and generally it turns out to be mine. You'd make a good counselor. I think so, too. So I'm going to talk to Picard about it. About what? You're becoming counselor? Well, yes, you're leaving. That means there won't be a counselor on board. And I suppose I'll have a very long line at that bar. It would be nice to have a nice office, too. It's more than just letting them cry on your shoulder. It takes an enormous commitment. I can do that. You have to be on the bridge and have office Guinan, hours. <laughs> people come to talk to oh, you 1,200 about people. they want to reveal. As ship's counselor, you have to get them to talk about things they don't want to reveal. I could do that, too. What are you... T- <laughs> you don't really want to be ship's counselor. What would make you say that? I just know you're not serious. Have I given you any indication that I might not be serious? Not really, but... Then how do you know? Are your empathic abilities coming back? No. I suppose it's just instinctive. I get it. You're trying to make me see that I have other abilities to draw on. Human intuition. Instincts. Guinan... Do you think Guinan, as an Elorian, is like, why are you going to call it human intuition? It's just intuition. Yeah. Skills only develop after years of experience. That's cool. It's not that easy. No one said it was easy. It's much harder than you think. Human intuition and instinct are not always right. But they do make life interesting. So I'm discovering... I think that's a good scene. I agree. It's a good scene. I do I do like this data at the controls not saying anything and then running over to a station. <laughs> I'm gonna go to these buttons. <laughs> these buttons are Problem better. Data? Yes, Commander. Sensors are detecting highly accelerated interstellar gases. Suggesting. Maybe it's because he's made more sir. adjustments for the his Android hands at his station. I feel like that should be a key input you could like lay over any station. Oh yeah. Because of the way oh, the L cars yeah, designed. Right. It appears to be a cosmic string fragment. Only one hundred seven kilometers long. A 
cosmic string? No wider than a proton, but with gravitational fields as powerful as a black hole. But you'd know that because you went to Starfleet. Anyway. Dimensional beings. I didn't know what that was. Gravitational but please don't string. fire me. <laughs> and us right along with it. She got transferred. She didn't even know what a cosmic string fragment was. Into their field. By the way, this is so funny to me. This this moment. Dream fragment in seven hours. Here's what I want you to watch. I want you to watch the moment where Worf suggests firing photon torpedoes. All right. Jordy uh, comes over, and it feels like Worf has bribed Jordy to back him up once. Like in front of the captain, I want you to just come in and like agree with me, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna let you win like seven poker hands. Just do it. <laughs> Here we go. The entities offer no indication they are aware of the string fragment, sir. Their course and speed remain constant. What's a string sir, fragment? We already explained it, Alan B. Oh, I have a whole thing I just set you up for, I'm and sorry, now you're talking it. over it with your uh, really Alan B joke. FYI, that you, you're not uh, seeing how irritated Matt is today. <laughs> every time I interrupt him. He... No, no, you're not interrupting me. You're interrupting the show. Uh, I'm the interrupting thing. that I, That's all I want. Interrupting I, your thing. I apologize. I just wanted you to see it. That's I all. apologize. Just watch I, it with the little attitude. I'm sorry, uh, I just have so many hilarious <laughs> things I have to say. <laughs> the entities offer no indication they are aware of the string fragments, sir. Their course and speed remain constant. Sir, I recommend we fire a spread of photon torpedoes into their field. Can you tell them now? We destroy them to save ourselves. It is unclear what effect a photon torpedo would have on two-dimensional beings, sir. Nevertheless. Well, we wouldn't necessarily have to fire at them. Half a dozen photon torpedo bursts directly in their path could make them change course. I could so. Thank you. That really is true. Data launch another probe, patch the monitor through to the main view. Give each other a little fist bump. Probe is launched. On screen. Proceed, Mr. Wolf. Launching torpedoes. Detonation in five seconds. I'm going to come down. Three, <laughs> two, one. There is no change in the graviton field. The torpedoes are having no effect, sir. Now we both look like jackasses. <laughs> Directly into that field, Mr. Wolf. Yes. <laughs> that tap on the back from Jordy. It's like... Detonation in five seconds. Anyway, doesn't work. The great idea doesn't work. And then, you know, uh, what's your face? Uh, comes back to be like, you know, Danny, the other day when I was like, you're totally wrong, you were totes right. Why? It's weird as I, I think, think I've seen this lady in other things. It was obviously non Andy, you have face blindness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there I are think times you think you've I've seen, seen everyone. <laughs> that may be true. I couldn't sense I think I might think she looks like Joanna Gleason, Deanna, a frequent you were right about uh, member of Woody Allen. I had to go back and look at what I was doing, see why I was trying Cast to convince myself and you that I was a new woman. You made me realize I was doing exactly the same thing to myself as I was before. Trying to hide from the pain. Which is what she's trying to do right now. Yeah. I was feeling. But you helped. (laughs) 
What do you think this crystal is worth? <laughs> I found it. <laughs> you wanted to see me, Captain. Within yes, my couch. Sit down, please. So, I need you to go hang out with Data and figure out what how to talk to these fucking beings because you're, again, you are a Starfleet officer with a long career and you have done other things. Please help. Captain's log supplemental. If our speed and course remain unchanged, in one hour, the Enterprise will be torn apart by the gravitational forces of the cosmic string fragment. He never refers to the crystal, does he? No. No. Really weird. Uh, he just wanted a bit of business at the top of the scene. I guess so. Very obtrusive. Could I do this? <laughs> yes, sure, Patrick. Sure, let's just get the whatever you need. Um, <laughs> Can I do this? <laughs> I wish they had tried to take a shuttlecraft out of the ship. Like I don't know why they, because of the way the cosmic string is projected to be on on in line with the Enterprise. Yeah, I feel like a saucer separation. Sorry, everyone. I feel like had they separated the saucer section, uh-huh. the saucer section could have gotten away. Because one, part because of it the was wrapped, because it seemed it. to be wrapped around the star drive section. I see at the neck, uh-huh. below the umbilical. It would have been uh, would have been funny if they revealed a, a crew member and they were like, "Hey, we should we should get Ensign Smith." And it's a it's a crew member that's two dimensional. He's just a flat guy, and he talks because he them. can talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, Ensign Smith, the cartoon rabbit that's in the uniform. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who do I talk to? <laughs> No one listens to me. However, the beings may perceive them as negligible noise rather than an attempt at communication. Is there any evidence at all that they're sentient? Negative. I also don't know how she didn't mention lemmings in order of intelligence. Scenario here. Valid. I'm sorry, Data. I don't seem to be much help without my empathic abilities. I just don't know how to draw on my human instinct. Oof, that cuts so close. Human instinct. Because <laughs> I don't. I, I, that's what I want. You, that's what I want most. Right now, I feel as two-dimensional as our friends out there in the universe, but barely aware of it. Just trying to survive. It's really laying a lot on them. Instinct. Data. What if they're simply acting instinctively? There are inherent inborn forces in every species. What they need, what they fear. We have to discover what drives this species. I do not believe there is any way we can know for certain, Counselor. We can speculate on the available evidence. So they figure out that it's just trying to suck them into a cosmic string, and she gets to say, hey, Picard, guess what? I figured it out with data. Disrupting the graviton wake long enough for us to escape. How do you simulate a cosmic string? It has the gravitational force of a hundred stars. I do not suggest simulating the gravitational field of the string fragment, rather the string's vibration. Vibration? We're not talking about a violin, data. No, data's right. The principle is still the same. A cosmic string Data emanates the characteristic set of subspace frequencies. <laughs> the atomic particles decay along its event horizon. Jordy's side hustle is backing up whoever wants him with fake science. <laughs> I could use the ship's parabolic dish to amplify and reflect those frequencies back toward the cluster. The Enterprise itself would echo the cosmic string. How much time do we have, Mr. Wolf? 23 minutes, sir. 
Make it so. All right, so they try to do the thing, Majiggy. I like the technical dissection in that scene and the other scenes. The vibrations. Just uh, like that they get into it and everybody's getting involved and everybody's putting it together as a team. I really enjoy that. I love a, I love a teamwork situation as well, Andy. The beings have resumed their course into the string. Three seconds to impact. Back off. <laughs> She's very adamant that they don't come near her. But was that her sensing them or seeing them out of her side eye? Mm, probably sensing them. I like it. It's all right. I'm better than you again. That's exactly the way I read that. We were wrong. The cosmic string was never dangerous to them. It was the one place in the galaxy they most wanted to be. Deanna. Superior. I sensed it. See, even the card's a little weirded out. Such overwhelming intensity of emotion. When we first encountered them, it must have been more than my senses could process. A short circuit. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, Beverly. Apology accepted. Therapists are always the worst patients. Except for doctors, of course. She basically calls her a bad Come doctor in this episode. Later, okay. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. She's, but that I think that is like the worst color on Troy. That that sort of petulance of like, why didn't you help me first? Yeah. <laughs> I know there are people running around with uh, bad bad bruises and stuff, but yeah. I had a headache. <laughs> I don't even know how bad it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. Uh, I mean, do we need a last? Uh, there was just one thing I think between Riker, but I don't. So awful to her. Well, you were just being human. I never fully appreciated how difficult and how rewarding it is to be human. But I had a lot of help. Thanks. Now, is that counselor position still open aboard ship? It's been taken. I just thought I'd ask. Worf got it. <laughs> Better hours. Excuse me. Better hours, see? Ah. And you. Thank you for making me face my other half. Frightening, wasn't it? A little. You were right, though. There is something to be learned when you're not in control of every situation. Welcome to the human race. This By the way, was weird. The next time you call me aristocrat, why? Finish the thing because we're oh. almost done. The next time you call me aristocrat, they just get down whenever. That's their relationship. Uh, it seems like they are not seeking other relationships. They have a very strong Imzadi-like bond. Her power. Are they are not back. seeking other relationships? Riker's not not hooking up with other people. You know, I, here and there, you see, you know, it's off and on. I feel like it's an off and on situation. But you know, but like in Menage degree, Troy, where they go down to Beta Z together and they're having that romantic picnic. That was uh, the That's other weird this thing. season. That's also this season. They're know. trying to layer it in. I guess I don't know. I guess it, I mean it's not like just it, more not exactly evolved, like we see them. About it it's again. not exactly like we see them wandering around the hall with other people. No, but we see him lean in and to kiss her in in full sight of everyone else in ten forward. Yeah, I think everyone in ten forward is like, oh, those two again. 
Isn't that weird for any of the other people that Riker's hooking up with? Well, I think, again, this And speaks, isn't it weird for the bridge? This speaks to why they only need one therapist with 1,200 people. They're more evolved. They're better people. Uh-huh. Interesting. I so mean, if you look at a, it, if you look at it on the surface, scenario. if you look at it on the surface level of, of 21st century uh, workplace, it seems odd that they're not together, and yet they occasionally will canoodle. Right. But they also do have the strongest emotional bond on the sh- on the ship, and also she senses when Will wants to kiss her, so she can go. Uh, but you called me aristocratic, so back the fuck off. Right. Which is a fun little twist. That is fun. It's an odd lean-in, though. Uh, I agree with that. It did stick out to me as being odd. I also accept that they're just more evolved. And Thank both. you for accepting this, Andy. I accept that. I appreciate it. Um, but I will say this. I don't... Uh I don't feel like they sort of imply in her dialogue that there's that there's a resolution for her and that she you know I think she the like dealt with it and she learned to how to face her other half and I don't really feel like she did she yeah she comes up with that solution but she comes Lisa, up with a solution I think she, the fa- I think the biggest help for her was her patient coming back to her saying you were totally right uh-huh. the day after when you were feeling at your most vulnerable. And you thought you weren't helping anybody, and you re- went and resigned to the captain. That was the day you were completely right about me. I mean, I guess you can you could say that she's this is her first step to kind of uh, being a little bit less of a jerk about uh, you know. But when is she a jerk about it? She's she's a jerk about it in this episode when they strip away her powers. She could be less of a jerk about not having her powers. She has them back. The, it's it's like episode, coming out on the other side of it. It's God. everything we've talked about. In this episode, it is revealed that she has an aristocratic perspective. Of course she does. On human beings. And that she's you like, would wouldn't want to be the one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would. Uh, maybe I would. I don't know. I don't know that I would. Andy, that's the most false thing that you've said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because you think if I had, uh, if I was a betazoid, I'd be like, stupid humans. Yes. Is that what you would be like? I would certainly feel better about my relationships with human beings slash people. I don't know, Matt. You got to remember how you and I feel all the time anyway. Yes, but I'd be able to compensate. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I sense that this person's not happy with me. Let me see what I can do here. Yeah, but you worry about it all the time anyway. I do, but at least if I knew, if I knew it. Every tiny amount of dissatisfaction and displeasure from the people around you. Like, would drive can, you I, can I also incense pleasure from people around me? Yeah, that, like, sure. They enjoy me? Is that what you would Hopefully focus on, would Matt even Myra? No, it's like Twitter or anything. You know, I, yeah. you focus on this the negative. What I'm saying. But, I mean, I'd have a whole lifetime to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know that I'm fully satisfied with the ending, except that it's, it addresses it a little bit. But I feel like it uh, reveals an ugly side of, uh, of uh, Troy that I don't know if it's uh, fully wrapped up because she gets her powers back. Mm-hmm. But I think she comes through it having learned something. That I accept that. I agree with that. So it's a little bit of growth for me. All right. But I see what you're saying. Well, it's time, right, to decide. Yeah. Time to give it some Andes. No, the MVC. Oh, wait, the MVC. Um, oh, here we go. In the fastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens That's why you're this week's MVC 
That's interesting. This is a little bit of a difficult one because yeah, everyone has a hand on it. You think it's Guinan? And Troy. And Troy. Yeah. Because Guinan fixes Troy and then Troy comes up with the solution? Yeah. What about all the math and the engineering? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it's probably Zeph from Cochrane. You know, because if he hadn't invented warp drive, what about the, ship the lady? Wouldn't be going anywhere. What about the? <laughs> what about the lady who comes in and tells Troy she was right? <laughs> also very true. Yeah, but she you didn't know, do it. It's like chicken egg. You know, we don't know. She I, was just. I think the realistic aspect of this is that it is. I feel like it's more. <sighs> a guy into, plays a huge role in helping her see the, her potential. And that she can offer something besides her empathic abilities. Yeah. And then she does offer something. So, you know, yeah. I'm a little wishy-washy on both sides of it. I accept it. But I, th- I would like to give it, uh, I'd like to give her uh, 0.75. <laughs> You're going to make Brad Arrington I don't care. <laughs> and a 0.25 for uh, Guinan. Uh, Brad, I will give whatever will make them even numbers on the other side. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but for Guinan and for... Uh, so half and half, and for uh, and for Troy, um, I uh, I really uh, yeah I accept that, and it's interesting. It's it's sort of a rare episode where the MVC is very cleanly tied to. It's like that's the A plot, and yet it's the B plot that is resolved in the B plot is ironically the crisis. I find that a lot of times, if you in Star Trek episodes, the A and B plot when they do do a B plot is occurring around the a plot like is is, is i think that is a developing thing that's inter- happened integral more over to time. it probably again it's usually a thematic tie there isn't necessarily a plot tie here mm-hmm. there was a plot mm-hmm. tie next week plot tie plot tie or thematic tie that's an interesting question data gets a tie that puts the ship in danger data gets a day um all right Anyways. all right so okay. play the next jingle okay uh, 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 uh. The Andes, or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Okay, where's the? I have them over, have here. Them over here. We wrote them down. I here's the thing. I actually am not changing mine. Uh, I think I'm landing exactly where I started. All right. like, I don't know why I gave you yours, but I give the loss. I because of the performances in the sh- in the episode. Yeah. Because of the fun science problem. Uh, because of the downbeat moments, because of the character development on the Troy side, a little bit from Data even. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Worf finally suggests something that Picard listens to. Yeah. This episode, for me, is a six, Andy, and it still is a six. Whoa, a six! It is a six. I will watch this episode if it is on television. I will turn it on. That is high. I'm watching it. Wow, a six. Mm-hmm. That really caught me off guard. I did not. I had no expectation of it being that high. Um, There's I, not a lot not to like for me in this episode. I'm not crazy about this episode. It's a little slow, but I, yeah. well, that's a huge thing. I think it is slow. I think I don't like the progression of Troy's thing. I would. It's all just her being petulant for several scenes. I don't like what it reveals about Troy, but I, I think I've come around on that maybe that's organic to what we've seen from her in the, sh- in the show up till now. So, I don't know, maybe that's not a legit perspective. And I also accept 
Three and By a half. the way, it was 2.5. I was at a 2.5. Oh, my God. Um, But I accept that she... Think about how uncomfortable she is when she's around species she can't read. Mm-hmm. What, and what is your point? Like, this all makes sense. Like, she, if she loses... Yeah, that, I like... think I think you've convinced me that it is... I mean, I don't know that I thought before that it was not organic to the character. I think that that... And that's a really important thing. Um, that That this... This is that she would react in some way about it. Mm-hmm. But what it reveals to me, the fact that she's not even trying to cover it is, I don't know. It just makes her. She's in such a state of panic. Unlikable in a deep way that I don't know if it's resolved at the end. I think it's more resolved than I thought it was going, than I, than I think originally thought of it until we started talking about it and picking it apart. So in that way, I think I'll give it more than a 2.5. I do like some of the things we talked about. So I'm going to come up to a 3.5. But I don't like this episode. Well, it's clear because it's under a 5. Mm-hmm. So don't feel so bad about your 3.5. Well, I don't feel bad about it. I mean, you're just, you're just really down in your dumps right now, Andy. Is that Pick it? Pick yourself up. Your taste buds are still here. Thank God. <laughs> Andy, it wasn't just the taste of the pizza. Think about the smell. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> There is no scientific grounding for that. <laughs> Think about how your tummy got full. It still gets full. I'm a secundoid. <laughs> Do you realize how important our taste buds are to us? Oh, the most important thing to Andy is his taste buds. I, I eat the rainbow cookies, but it's like they're not even there. <laughs> I don't taste the color. I don't taste that rainbow. Uh, so, Andy, it's time to uh, talk about uh, next week's episode, which is going to be uh, Data's Day. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? Nice. I know you're excited about that. Um, have you seen this episode yet? Um, have you watched it? I've seen most of it. Oh, okay. I, oh, yeah, uh, this interferes with this. I really like I really like this uh, episode. I don't know that that interferes with it, but uh, let's see. I'm going to type in trailer. In the meantime, uh, if you have a voicemail, uh, send it to 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. Uh, the gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. I am at Secunda on Twitter. Uh, if you want bonus content, particularly for the holidays, guys, we're going to be off on Christmas, too. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Um, we're doing Iron Man 2. We're doing the second episode of The Orville, and you can vote on what we do next. And if you join in December, chances are you'll hear my first ever reactions to the movie Thor. I've never seen it. Oh, interesting. Um, and if you'd like to send us anything, uh, like a physical thing, uh, one of our one of our lieutenants was saying, hey. We have, we have many things. You don't, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would have, but if you have anything, you can send it to my name because I couldn't figure out how to get one for Star Trek TNC. So it's at Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Please email us to let us know something's coming um, at our direct hail, <laughs> you just STTNC. Said it was, you just said your name was at Andrew Secunda. Did I? Yeah, which is amazing because that's the society we live in now. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not at Andrew Secunda. It's, it's just, just Andrew Secunda. But didn't I say send it to us at Andrew Secunda? Uh, the, uh, you said the, your phrasing was uh, you can send us to the uh, to the address. So it is at Andrew Secunda. I mean, it, maybe it worked. 
but my brain just heard you saying that your name, Either way, your name is at Andrew Sagan. The, the laws of reality have bent. Uh, and send us direct hail at sttncpod at gmail.com. Uh, now that that is uh, out of the way, Andy, it's time to watch the trailer for Data's Day. Okay. Next week's episode. Let's do it. Very A joyous day on the Enterprise. It is my honor to unite together two people. But for Commander Data, it's the beginning of a struggle to find his place in the universe. I need what? help. Data, it's not that simple. Forever isolated in a human world. I was wondering how they were going to offer a potential mate. Will he ever feel life's most cherished emotions? Find out on Star <laughs> oh, Trek no. The Next Generation. Don't find out. That is a batshit crazy commercial. I love it. That was, uh, that yeah, was a was weird trailer. They were going to jack up the, uh, the drama. Uh, you know how I love day-to-day operations, Andy. I do. So that uh, just is a little hint of how uh, of how we feel about that that very wonderful uh, episode. Andy, it's time to head back over into the president's circle. Sure. Uh, you know, we like to do a side-to-side transport to get back in there. So, does that sound the uh, the theme or not? I don't remember. Uh, we rigged it as so it, uh, 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 that it does. Okay. So I'm pretty into it. And uh, here we go. Ready? Ready? Uh, Ready? Yeah. Ready? Ready? Andy, I can't uh, find the rain. What happened? Well, it's not necessarily playing all the time. All right. So the rain's broken. It's a holodeck creation. I'll right? just talk to... Oh, maybe they were having such a problem because it was coming down so hard earlier that they had to take it down for maintenance. Yeah, might have been some complaints from the uh, So, as always, this is we're shouting out to our patrons who are in the President's Circle. This is uh, our patronage list for uh, the month of October. Uh, we read them in November. We process at the end of the month all of the uh, names. So we, we for if you if you join this month, you'll hear your name next month. Uh, so big old thank you to Tyler Rosewood. Thank you, Joe Fermanek. Uh, Jason Sinclair. X Alex F. <laughs> do we do that every you month? Do we? Uh, Stevie Marie Nickel. Ma- uh, Mallory Duke. Amber Amber Rahak, I'm going to say. That's probably how you say that. Hi, Amber. How you doing? Alan L., thank you so much. Oh, Doug Atkinson. Jason the Quail. Quailsburg. Oh, it's not a Quailsburg. It's, Quail. it's not Quail. Quailsburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick Benoit. Uh, Mark Mitchell. Uh, Brian Goulet. Paul Sharp. <laughs> Catherine Shimmons. Christopher Colbert. Uh, Dan Kostelek. I think it's actually Christopher Colbert. I think he said that before. Oh, okay. Andrew Ingram. Uh, Angel Rivera III. Tish Wheeler. Uh, Daniel Perez. Uh, David Erickson. Ben Roach. Andrew the Street Saints. <laughs> uh, Shrikenar. Uh, Chris Dybul. Oh, he, I love it. I love a phonetic spell. Spells spelling. it out. Uh, Paul Carl. Kelly Coe. Charles Kidd's here. Elizabeth Simpson. Thanks. Uh, Lauren, Han- oh sorry, Laura Hansen. Thank you, Laura. There's President Mateo in the corner. Oh boy, not what a president. Might have been me though, and mm-hmm. I'm also not a president. Yep. Also, I'm just an employee. Sure. Uh, Brian Hellman, Scott Gordon, uh, Karen Van Hoff, Veronica wisely, <laughs> wisely chose to support us. I'm gonna <laughs> kill myself. Uh, Kyle Gant, Mike Jones, uh, keeping up with the Joneses by being a patron. Oh, there we go. So my next door neighbor's the patron. Uh, Scott Burnett, <laughs> Brett Euler. 
uh, Amy Giles, Stephen Price, Nicholas Jones. I now, think Andy, some new names on there. That's I very nice so. to see. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we might, Andy, we might have to read the next list too. I just have to see a calendar to make sure. Okay. Uh, because the next episode, yeah, the next episode of our show. Okay. Holy shit. What 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 is today's date? Today's the eighteenth. Let's see. This is gonna screw everything up. Our next episode's not coming out till December second. Oh. Do we have to read the rest of the names? We then? do have to read the rest of the names, and then it's gonna throw off all of December. We're gonna have to triple up in December on one of the weeks. Because we're only gonna be on two more weeks after this episode. I'm not following. Because of Christmas. But whatever we have to do. We're gonna do it right now. So listen up, rest of you presidents. It's time to be acknowledged. Uh, and that's, we're starting with Brian MC. Andrew Moberg. Dean Nettleton. Dean Wilson. Uh, Christopher Fanaghi. Julie Phillips. Tina Raudio. Sandra Mahler. Uh, Mike Gaylord. Uh, have you ever been to the Gaylord Apartments? If you go to the HMS Bounty, best onion rings in the city. Brent Allard. Uh, Ron LeBlanc. Zach. <laughs> uh, Ryan Darley. Tom Kelsall. James Baker. Cameron Harris. Frederick Roy. Jonathan Wentz. Uh, James Guile. Hang on. Gilly. Uh, Martin Hedegaard Peterson. Uh, Cosmo Moore. Neil Studd. Carolyn Land. Ben McClarty. <laughs> Chris. Oh, he did it. Nedgewitz. Lieutenant Crow. Chris Casimiro. Uh, you're all lieutenants. You just have access to this. Should we be giving them the ranks as we so go you through? Know. Uh, Lieutenant Linia Thunsel? No. <laughs> Lieutenant <laughs> Linia Thunsel's uh, initials, by the way. Lieutenant. LT. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Linia. LT, LT. JD Cohen. Uh, Debbie. Uh, oh, no. Wait. Hang on. I lied about that one. Chris Love is the next one. Andrew Hook. Uh, Ian Buckley. Christopher Malkowski. Sean Russell. Kamal Abul Hussain. Uh, Luke Morgan Rowe. Diane M. Martin. Oh, Diane, thanks for supporting us again. Uh, and we have uh, Robin Larson. Katya Willishin. Uh, Sky Wilson. Adam Zed. Jeffrey D. Hansen. Kelly Newman. Thanks for rounding out the President's Circle. Uh, a little confusing. We're going to be jump- bunching up some names next month. Andy's not understanding the concept of the fact not that we. what's going on. But. So we only had. Uh, two episodes in november because of the break uh-huh so we aired on the fourth i'm sorry we only had oh i the see fourth, so the 11th and the 25th push them back i see gotcha oh i'm sorry this is the 25th oh this is good this this airs on the 25th so people get an extra so this is the november we did that correctly everybody got their names i'm really happy with everybody right, great good work uh great work to you buddy we'll see you later guys we're gonna see if we can just beam straight out of here uh, into uh, uh, wherever it is we go. Although sometimes we beam you guys into space, which is mean, but sorry. <laughs> if you're like Princess Leia, it's good.